TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Plenty to talk about on this uh, particular Friday, one of the busier sports days uh, in recent memory, at least here in the fine city of Chicago, NFL draft. Last night we had an NBA playoff game, an NHL hockey game, both victorious. We'll talk about those, and uh, big dog Joel Radwanski, if we have to, at the end of the show we'll get into some baseball. Hopefully we can keep people entertained, and maybe we can uh, skip baseball for today, because... Cub and Sox right now, uh, not very pretty, at least here in the city of Chicago. Uh, well, Coach, the good news is there's plenty to talk about in the world of sports. The bad news is there's five and a half months of two different <laughs> baseball teams playing baseball, which equates to 11 months of baseball left in this city. So, you know, let's concentrate on everything else besides the beautiful game of baseball for this particular, what is it, uh, April 23rd, Coach? Beautiful Friday, April uh, 23rd. I'm what sounds somewhat calendar deficient, but that sounds good to me. Beautiful, beautiful Friday here. Rain expected, though. Our quick little weather report here on the two guys at a mic show. Big Dog, haven't talked to you for a couple of days. Hope all is well with you. And once again, I check uh, daily in the newspaper in the crime report. Your name was not in there, so I'm assuming everything is good. Well, Coach, uh, you're not looking in the right crime reports. you got to go to the Polish newspapers. Ah. No dobre. No read, dobre. Read the fine print, huh? Yes. All right. It's crime. Actually, it's obituary first, crime report second, and then I go to the house and garden section because we know you are a global warming enthusiast. We didn't have you on on Earth Day, but I have to ask you because you are a, a man of all seasons, a football jock with a soft place in his heart for the planet Earth. Uh, I hope you and... Your loved one celebrated Earth Day in the cozy comfort of your home. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely quite a week. It's uh, April 20th this week, and yep. uh, on April 19th, right at midnight, my friends reminded me to join us in the cave. So we did that. We celebrated 420, and then a couple days later, you know, it's Earth Day. You know, Earth Day used to be on April 20th, but they moved it back two days because, like, April 20th is like the pothead day. Yep. So the people, like all the tree huggers who actually don't smoke weed, and believe it or not, they're the majority, which is kind of surprising. You wouldn't think it would be that way. <laughs> but they actually asked, and somehow and they were, there was no problem because it it's a made-up holiday. They moved it back two days to April 22nd. It's really not a holiday as much as it is, and it's really not an observance. It's more of a, in a, in a I don't know, let me think about how the, they would actually describe what Earth Day is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you all but, sit uh, around in a circle and you... Uh... Sing Kumbaya, and you all get happy together. That's about the easiest way to describe it. Yeah, I was in a circle yesterday with my friends, and well, we were happy. There was a there was a television, you know, involved in the room, and I had the remote control, mm-hmm. and I was going back and forth from Bulls to the Hawks, which was being taped just in case you miss a goal in hockey. So we make sure we're taping that, and then the NFL draft. But I was holding the NFL draft in my hand with the with the computer coach, mm-hmm. so. I would only switch over right when the pick was being made. They were like, how are you doing this? You have unbelievable timing. I'm like, well, it, it's 2010. These guys can't figure out that uh, it's a space odyssey. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I pretty on. much uh, it was very tough, very tough here in the city of Chicago. If you are a sports fan, uh, 
flipping back and forth. Do you set the tape? Where do you go? Do you go picture and picture, pip, whatever? Very difficult strategic day. I went uh, almost primarily Chicago Bull. Uh, no, I got a coach. Yesterday was one of those days that, you know, I felt, ext- you know, you, you, just like the president, you have to make a firm decision and be decisive. Yes. It, it's very simple. You put the Chicago Blackhawk game on record. If, you know, if, no matter what particular uh, uh, cable package you have nowadays, and if you have a internet, I'm assuming you have a cable package too, because, you know, when we were on radio, we would say this and people, they, all they could afford is the radio. We'd make them feel real jealous. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming if you can listen to them, the, on uh, talkzone.com, you know, you can afford internet or uh, you can afford our, the cable. But yeah, our studies show that's true of 82% of our listeners. Really? Yep. That's, that's shocking. We have but a strong, re- don't kid yourself, we have a strong following in the homeless uh, population. Uh, these people are getting internet? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's impressive. They must yeah. be that clear. They say I, it's rolling, their signal's rolling over. I think David Olson, our producer, has done studies. We have a carryover from our radio show, number one. In our listening audience is breastfeeding moms. Oh, I'm glad to carry over yep. that. Yep. So yeah, breastfeeding moms uh, clearly has been and always will be our number one listening audience. Uh, it's a captive audience, Big Dog. Number two is uh, taxi cab drivers and overnight security guards. And then I believe uh, the homeless population is a close third. So we reach out to a uh, strange, if not rather a vibrant, population in society. You know, Coach, I've just realized something. You know, just like Major League Baseball, they have made it over the last, since the, the strike of 1994, not only have they let their players get away with juicing, you know, so they can, you know, inflate the records and have more people go to actual games yeah. in order to get better attendance. They also went, like, uh, the right way to do it, and they kind of went fan-friendly, and they're being, uh, they sell a lot of tickets that are extremely cheap in Major League ballparks nowadays that you can actually bring your family to because they're trying to, get kids to love baseball and fall in love with it again? Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, if we can hang on for another, like, 10 years, we're going to have a whole plethora of fans. All these breastfeeding moms are setting up the next generation yes. of uh, two guys and a mic fans. Yep. You're right. You are right. The key there is the uh, is holding on for another 10 years. <laughs> you know, I think our commander-in-chief here, the general manager, Chris Whitting, who hasn't showed his face here in the last couple of weeks, I'm worried about two more days let alone 10 more years, but you are correct. There are a lot of babies uh, succulating right now, listening to two guys in a mic that could be potential listeners down the road. It's a comforting thought, if nothing else. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Comforting in more ways than one, by the way. Well, uh, just as long as I don't have to see it and just know that it's happening, I'm very yes. happy, Coach. Yes. All right. Where were we? Well, the fact that you have to have a Hawks game on tape because you do not want to miss a goal in a hockey game. But I had to, when the Hawks game started, I was mainly on that. But luckily, intermission happened, and the, there was 5.28 left to go in the Bulls game. And that was that real long possession of, you know, the, the Cavs kept getting the, the offensive rebound, and the Bulls finally got it, and they stole the, Delonte West stole the ball from them. Uh, Taj Gibson and LeBron James laid it in. So I was able to watch the whole Bulls game from there. At that point on, it was, that made it 92-88. And what mm-hmm. a finish it was, Coach. Yeah, great, great ball game, but we'll kind of uh, break it down. Let's start off talking a little NBA playoffs here. Any of our uh, fans out there, again, thank you for joining us. Beautiful Friday. Phone lines will be open throughout the show, so feel free to dial it up, 888 The big dog and the coach at your service, 888 The phone number of the Bulls 
beat the Cavaliers. Most people thought the Cavs had a sweep. There's no way the Bulls could win a game. They just can't compete with them. It's like the Bulls going up against the old Pistons or the old Cavs against the Bulls. I've been saying it all along, Big Doug. I have noticed a change in the last couple of weeks with the Chicago Bull team. Nobody's listening to me. Maybe now people will start to listen. This Bulls team is starting to play with a swagger. They didn't just pull out one game. Oh, that was nice, and it's going to be four to one. If you watch the series so far, outside of LeBron's heroics in Game Two in the fourth quarter, the Bulls. Are you sitting down or standing up? Yeah. No, they're playing. The, with them. I, I agree. the Bulls have been a better team. I wouldn't go that far, Coach. I, would. I wouldn't go that far. I would say the Bulls have a game plan and they're executing it like to a T, and they're being real aggressive. They played. I wouldn't say they're the better team so far. They're, they're down 2-1, and there's definitely a reason for it. But, but if you watch game two, the Bulls at Cleveland, Silas the crowd, I thought, I watched it from start to finish. The Bulls were the aggressor. They took the game to the Cavalier. LeBron went berserk in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, Neil Funk and Stacey King didn't bring up the, the crowd factor. Man, the Cleveland just was out of the out of the game, weren't they? The fans were sitting on their hands. They had a pump-up. Uh, they have to pour in music and I think they went pumping the crowd noise like the Indianapolis Colts do, Coach. Mm-hmm. I, it, was, it, was, it sounded really loud, and everybody was just sitting there, like like putting their finger in their nose, and they're like, man, Cleveland really does suck. United Center was rocking last night for the Bulls, and I guarantee you on Sunday there will be a serious volume situation at the United Center. The Bulls fans will be going crazy, and, uh, you know, hey, it's not beyond the imagination watching those three games. The Bulls could pull it out, and, again, the common thought from uh, – the average basketball fan and many of the experts out there is this is going to be a sweep. Oh, maybe, ha, 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 the Bulls get a token game. If you, you watch know, the first three games, the Bulls are competing with the Cleveland Cavalier, period, yeah, end quote. I truly believe that Joe Kim Noah and, and Derek Rose, when they were interviewed and, and spoke before the series, they are like, we're not coming in here to make it a good series. We're trying to win this thing. You know, I really believed them when they said it, Coach. I don't know if the other ten guys do, but, you know, as soon as, you know, you play with them for two games and it, it might get frustrating, they fall off the table, and all of a sudden they win that game three, Maybe everybody else will start believing, and it's not just, hey, let's play with them. Let's try to steal a series here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened before. Eights have beat one. How about the biggest shock of the game? Uh, just over a minute left, LeBron James drives into the paint, runs into and or over Luol Dang. You thought for sure, basket counts, free throw. The referee shocks the world and actually calls a charging call on the superstar that is LeBron James. Yeah, and and uh, surprisingly, when Cloudy got home, he told me that Neil, I mean, uh, what do you call it, Chuck Swirsky, admitted on the on the broadcast that it was a bad call. How often does that happen, Coach? That Chuck Swirsky would actually admit it was a bad call. Now I did not hear what Neil Funk had to say. Did he? Did Neil Funk and Stacey King admit that, or were they just like, "Oh, great call"? No, what neither. They were surprised. Done? Really? They were surprised, but I would disagree with Chuck Swirsky. I think even though the defender might have been moving a little bit, LeBron James was like a runaway train and just barreling through the lane. So, oh, and he's the one fast, who fast, coach. You, I, I'm going to have to stick up for the right. It doesn't matter just because some guys are runaway train. The fact that he has made himself into a human being that can be a runaway train should not be a detriment to him. Well, no, it shouldn't be a detriment. But if you're the one who creates the contact then the foul should be on you just because the defense is moving a little bit. If you're the one who's barreling over them out of con- – I don't mind if you're a runaway train out of control, but when you barrel somebody over, sorry, foul's on you. Good call I, by the I, ref. I, 
I, I, I love that style of play. I love people who attack the basket. So I'm going to say either the guy was in position or he wasn't in position. I'm going to look mm-hmm. at it as, as, as that. Uh, well, I, 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 I agree with the first part of your statement. I enjoy and encourage players to go to the basket. You just can't run people over. I guess I'm from the old school, Coach. Actually, the old school, they would pull up and, and miss a jump shot, wouldn't they? That was old style yeah, basketball. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like a lost art, although Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is one of the few players in the NBA that has that ability. Yeah, he can, and he it, can stop good. and pop. Uh, Derrick Rose does. I mean, the, the best mid-range stop and pop guy in the game right now is is D. Will Darren Williams of uh, of Utah. But you know, Derrick Rose because he is so much better at that this year than he was last year. Yep. If he continues at his progress, coach, and his his pace, mm-hmm. he's the fastest point guard in the league. Maybe Chris Paul's a little faster, but he's so much bigger than him, and he's a lot stronger than Chris Paul. If this kid stays uh, injury free and he keeps on improving the way he has, and that's what you got to see. You know, some players are good, but how much better do they get? And he continues to get better every yeah. single like, – it seems like every month he's a lot better than he was at previous Yeah, he, yeah I would agree with that. He's made just some, some absolutely unbelievable plays. And you have to remember, he is the age, uh, big dog, of a college junior. So still, very, very young. The game's still developing, and, uh, boy, his rapid rise has just been amazing. I'll go with senior. Huh? I'll go with a college senior. Well, probably. he played his freshman year, right? Yeah. This is. Well, a... I guess that's what. Yeah, he still could be a, a junior in college, but I guess he would have to go to class. You know, <laughs> never mind. I, I, I think there's some people like when Kobe, people were comparing Kobe Bryant. Oh, he would be this year in school or mm-hmm. or uh, LeBron James. I don't know if you really even want to bring that up with Derrick Rose. Okay. Everyone's got their strengths and their minuses. Academia (laughs) might be on the night on the top of the list of Derrick Rose. By the way, and again, NBA fans, you want to check in here. We got NHL playoff talk coming. We'll definitely get into the NFL draft with our football expert, the man of great pigskin tuition, uh, my good partner here, the big dog, Radwanski. But a little NBA talk here, 888-463-6748. This really, Joe, I don't watch a lot of regular season NBA in my Basketball watching, this is the most that I've watched LeBron James play. I've seen snippets, a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm getting my first real look of, uh, you know, consistent chunk of time watching LeBron James play. And let me just say, as a Chicago Bull fan, guy's unbelievable. I mean, he is, he is everything that's advertised and more. (laughs) He, He did enter the league in October of 03. I'm glad you're finally figuring out that I've always well, thought he was better than Kobe. I really do believe he's a better player than Kobe Bryant. But how many times how many times have you really have you watched full games of LeBron? I don't know that I have. No, I did way earlier on in his career. Uh-huh. I haven't as much so that I moved into this particular home because uh baseball, hockey, football take precedence here, so it's it's very difficult for me to watch mm-hmm. uh LeBron James. But before two thousand and seven when he was growing up in the four years that he would have been in college coach and I remember his first game ever in the NBA, and I was just like, oh, he is beyond for real. He scored like 20 points, had like eight rebounds and six assists. And mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't play a lick of defense, but at that point, I was just floored. And so his whole trip to the to the 07 NBA Finals coach, because I was still I was able to watch all those games. That, I mean, it was basically one versus five when he played on the San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs, and he made some of those games good games. I mean, he he is legit, coach. And if you get the right pieces around him, uh-huh. 
there's no doubt he'd be the best player in the league. And most importantly, just the way your guy, Magic Johnson, he truly, all he cares about is getting the best look, whether it be him or somebody else involved in the game. And he can do the Michael Jordan, which is take over. He's an unbelievable shooter. He's just ridiculously explosive for his size, going to the basket. And like you alluded to, like you said, he's willing to give up the basketball and set up teammates. He's not a great passer, but he's a functionally sufficient passer and a pretty good rebounder. No no weakness in his game. I would say he's a great passer, Coach. And, you know, if he goes to the right team, just say he goes to a team that wants to run and he gets some shooters around him, Mm -hmm. he could average a triple-double. If there was some particular team that would be willing to just push the ball at all times, uh, kind of like a Paul Westball coached NBA team, very similar to what uh, what Dan Tony had in Phoenix like uh, two, three years ago when it seemed like they were just running like crazy, get a bunch of athletes around this guy. Mm-hmm. Coach, I think he could average a triple-double because you'd have more possessions in the game, so he'd average a few more rebounds. And I think he's averaging eight assists a game right now. I think he's a ridiculously good passer, Coach. I think mm-hmm. he's a better passer than Darren Williams is. And I, you know how much I love Darren Williams. All right. Well, Cavaliers still lead the series 2-1 to one, back home in Chicago on Sunday. Should be a fun game for to watch. If nothing else, the Bulls are uh, gaining confidence, coming of age, making maybe making themselves more attractive to a free agent out there. They got great complimentary assistance last night. Big dog Kirk Heinrich, when he shoots the ball, the Bulls are a different When he shoots and makes it, I should say, <laughs> the Bulls are a different team. He had, I think, 27 last night. Luol Dang with 20 points. Joakim Noah, double figures and rebounds. The complimentary players came through as well for our beloved Bulls. Yeah, and they, they didn't shoot free throws well yesterday, but when Kirk Heinrich was on the line late, he was drilling them, and that was awesome. That mm-hmm. that was good to see him hit those free throws. Uh, they they do they have a lot of players that make a lot of money that are complimentary players, but the truth of the matter <laughs> is, Kirk Heinrich, you know, he makes ten million a year. Yep. So far this series, you were like, yeah, that guy earns ten million dollars because this this is the time when basketball games really really count. The regular season's all cute. It'd have been nice if they didn't have a 10 game losing streak and if they didn't have the number eight seed. But you know what? Now you have a chance to make up for a whole mediocre season mm-hmm. by you snuck into the playoffs and now you can actually, you know, you can have a great season. If they win a couple series, coach, I mean, obviously they have to beat the Cavs first, but that's just the funny thing. Real disappointing series of season. They sneak into the playoffs and now they can make it a great season. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then if the Cavs lose the 61 win season, 40 games over 500, It'll be looked on as a, a total disappointment, and it'll be like, oh, well, they finally led the East and wins, but you know what? They get knocked on the first round. Yeah. Typical. Vinny Del Negro is listening now. He could tape some of your comments, replay them, and there's your pregame pep talk. Very nicely put, Big Dog. Who was your favorite, uh, speaking of great, I'm a longtime pep talk fan. I know it sounds a little cliche, but I love coaches who motivate and fire up players. Who were your Favorite coaches? Have you ever heard like a great motivational speech from a coach? Maybe a personal coach that you had. Favorite pep talk guys, coaches, locker room guys. Favorite quotes? I'm almost in tears over here, coach. I'm so fired up. You just just even having me think of being in the same locker room as Pete Centrilli before a football game. Okay, Hall of Fame coach turned so many programs around, and then all of a sudden he goes to a school like Downers North, who had like a decent program when Mm -hmm. he gets there, because normally he took. Now this is the, you're talking and turn him into state champions. So all of a sudden, he goes to a Downers Grove school and he gets handed us. Oh, coach, I'd run <laughs> through a wall for that man. It's just as simple as that. Just I can't even explain the motivation that this guy put me through. But I know mm-hmm. one thing: 
I, I, you know, I couldn't gain weight when I was in high school, but Pete Ventrilli had me ready to play football. I started on varsity for three years, so however many games that is, every single ball game. He put me up as a freshman. He was like, listen, mm-hmm. you're going to play varsity football next year, so I might as well just bring you up to varsity now. So I got destroyed as a freshman. And he didn't. He wasn't like, oh, it's okay, you're getting destroyed. He like demanded that I play better. I mean, he, he expected you to be a man. He had this stuff, character, attitude, leadership, discipline, the right stuff. And, you know, that was right when all the movie came out. Coach, I'd run through a wall for the guy. So that, that would be your high school coach, Pete Ventrilli, uh, out of the fine Trojans of Downers Grove North High School. Don't forget we have listeners via the Internet listening in uh, 49 other states and also uh, all seven different continents. They might not be familiar in the Middle East or South America with head coach Pete Ventrilli. Well, I, I, I assumed that I was just talking high school and they didn't even care where I went at okay. that particular matter because they, right. they won't even know who Pete Ventrilli is. All right. But I, the whole story and and how I feel about it, I thought it was the most important one because that's why I really didn't get in, in the whole details and the facts of it. Well, you know, we, we could throw that out as a daily quandary. If any of our listeners out there, uh, uh, you know, had a coach or heard a speech, their favorite pregame fire-up pep talk speech, if you've heard it, uh, a name or some of the quotes from it, 888-463-674. You can email us, too, at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number 2, mike Two guys, AOL.com. We're going to get to NHL hockey next. Big Dog, any uh, final thoughts? The NBA playoffs continue this weekend. There's been some great series going on. A lot of them are split one and one. And I got me a feeling round one is going to go seven games at least in a couple of these series. Uh, I certainly hope so. And uh, because when you get that game, when you get to game seven, it gets that NCAA atmosphere, bodies all over the floor. Like you mm-hmm. get it every single game, but it definitely ups the ante at that particular you know, time. But- Problem with a game seven is we've still got what like three or four more rounds of these playoffs. You go yeah. game seven, you're extending it, uh, you know, into late April, and we haven't even started the round of eight yet. I don't mind. I don't mind because you know I I, I go out and I enjoy my afternoons. I get mm-hmm. out into the you know try to get outside, do my do my thing. But at night, I don't want to watch. If, I really don't want to watch TV whatsoever. But if I'm going to watch television, it might as well be a, a sporting event. So. I always root for the series to get dragged on in basketball and in hockey, unless it's the Bulls or the Hawks, and let's win those things as soon as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, dog, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, you make the call. We come back. We go NHL playoffs or NFL draft. It's all up to you, Doug. Uh, we can uh, definitely end the show with uh, NHL playoffs. Uh, I do want to go back to football because I have a football motivational speech story coach that okay. might make you feel a little uneasy. But it definitely will make you right. laugh. All right. I'm in the mood to feel a little bit uneasy, quite frankly. A little football talk uh, for the big dog, the NFL draft. We'll talk some hockey later in the show. Uh, phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. Producer extraordinaire David Olson running the show. David says, time to take a break. You never argue with David Olson. The last host that did has been missing for seven weeks. Back in a minute, TalkZone.com.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. And we are back indeed. Two Guys and a Mic, TalkZone.com. Big dog and the coach with you up until... Uh, 11 o'clock Central Time, that is 10 to 11 each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, one hour a day, five days a week, five in toto. And Big Dog, I want to get to the NFL draft. It was kind of lost, at least in Chicago yesterday, because A, we didn't have another one, number one draft choice, so it killed some of the buzz. And B, we had two teams playing playoffs, but still, it's a big story, a big event, the NFL draft. But first, you said you had a spine-tingling, emotional football story that... um might move a few of our listeners. Yeah, it, it's funny that you said move because yes. it, it involves a movement. Oh, keep yeah, it but clean. I don't know about spine tingling. No, when you go, you know, when you're trying to find players in the NFL draft, you should find players who like care about playing football and don't go play listlessly and not like they care. Well, for some reason, the, the team that I was on, and I'm pretty sure it was my junior year, was playing like that. It seemed like we didn't even care. I did. A few other players on the team did, and it used to drive me crazy. But uh, a lot of guys are like, oh, I'm playing football. And I, I never got that. And one day before a game, Coach Mike Hensley, who was an assistant to Woody Hayes at Ohio State, Mike Hensley, very quality head coach, um, right before our pregame speech, he's like, uh, he started being like, what's wrong with you guys? We, you, you know, most people would kill for a chance to play football. What do I got to do? Uh, let me say something that rhymes with it in a helmet. And uh, and he bent over and like grabbed the helmet, like somebody's helmet, and, like he put it like right at his butt, and I bust out laughing. He looked at me and started laughing too. And um, and then after that, like everybody loosened up and we played loose and we had fun and we had a good and we played a good football game. So yeah. just the fact you had a head coach, what are we gonna do? Blanket a helmet? There are there <laughs> there are different ways to fire up a team, and uh, once once in a while you can't overuse it. Once in a while, the emotional fiery speech that will do it sometimes uh, as you alluded to the sense of humor is a great way of uh, keeping everybody loose and kind of cutting through the tension and then uh, sometimes the very quiet maybe just a few words but a few powerful words can do it as well so there's no one answer i would not think to firing up a team different pep talks different strokes if you will for different athletic folks uh before we get into the draft there was a time in the there was like there was a draft in the nfl and that basically meant that team owned you forever mm-hmm. and that was back in the, the vince lombardi and george hatless days of the nfl i mean lombardi was a few years into the when, when they things changed but uh, before a game once uh hatless here in wrigley field lombardi given some passionate you know crazy speech and right in the middle of it he opened the door and he's like, uh, Hallis opens the door into the Green Bay Packer locker room. I was like, excuse me, coach, can I have a second of your time? And and Lombardi was like, why would Hallis be here? There must be something important. He's like, yeah, coach, come on in. He's in. Uh, Hallis walks into the Green Bay Packers locker room, and he's like, I just wanted your team to know that I was going to kick your blankety blank butt. <laughs> of course, he didn't say butt. And then he walked out of the room, and the Bears actually whooped the Packers that day. It's not bad. Not bad. If you can't come up with a good speech yourself, let the coach next door do it for you. The best one that that uh, do you remember Lou Holtz, coach Lou Holtz, one of the best coaches in uh, 
in college football. I yeah. love Lou Holtz. I would have played for him any day because he also believed in looks, running looks the like football a, and stopping the run. It looks like a science professor talks with a lisp and can still motivate even the uh, the toughest amongst us. I, I, you know, I make fun of Lou Holtz, but I do it with the whole terms. I would have played for that man yep. any day of the week if he would have had me. Um, but uh, before, they had just played Miami the year before, Catholics and convicts game and all that other stuff. And there was a, like a kind of like a fight on the sidelines, and there was like a skirmish. It had just happened. There was a little skirmish on the on the field before the 1988 game, and this Notre Dame went on and won the national title that year, and they won this game. Mm-hmm. And they got back in the locker room, and he was like, you know, you're Notre Dame football players. You don't act like that. And he was also it sounded like he was being a disciplinarian, right, coach? Mm-hmm. You don't act that way, blah blah blah. And that would really temper a team. You don't want a team thinking that way. You do not want them, even though it isn't right, you don't want them being timid whatsoever or being like, oh, I did something wrong. You want them to think attack and stuff. This is, it is a big football game. It is Notre Dame. So when he gets done with all that, the room is, black room is totally quiet. And he says, and if another fight breaks out, make sure to leave Jimmy Johnson for me. And then he ran through it <laughs> as they called about. They went out and kicked, uh, Miami's butt. Of course, they got a lucky call that game, but. Uh-huh. So, again, using a little sense of humor, maybe the surprise element to fire up the team. I don't think any of the players were expecting that as a last line after all the sportsmanship and pride in the university and everything. Oh, and if it happens again, leave their coach for me. (laughs) Nicely played. Nicely played by Uncle Lou, Louis Holt. Big dog and a coach, not Lou Holtz, here in the TalkZone.com. Two guys and one mic. Phone lines open again, 888-463-6748. I did not watch the NFL draft. Disappointed, Big Dog, because typically I enjoy doing that. I'll tape it and fast-forward through the commercials, and I'll fast-forward through Chris Berman. And the rest of it I enjoy. By the way, Chris Berman is usually longer than the commercials, but... um Playoff Bulls, playoff hockey, lack of time, coach of Pony League Baseball last night. No time to watch, so I didn't see the TV production, but we do know the top four picks went uh, pretty much as predicted. Sam Bradford, your first choice, the QB out of Oklahoma. Yeah, and you know how I felt about it, Coach. I, I, I've, you know, I talked at length on Monday uh, about that. Uh, first of all, it, hopefully the kid has a, a nice career. I just They should have taken Indomitian Stu. Now you're giving $50 million to a guy with – a shoulder that was cleared by the doctors, uh, and then, you know, he was in an offense where basically if you're a decent quarterback, you look like you're Superman. Those spread offenses put up, like, ridiculous numbers. I, he doesn't have, like, the, the strongest arm I've ever seen. He does have good feet and all that stuff, but and I guess he's a good kid, but uh, to give that much money to a quarterback, crazy. And then you had Dominican Sue or the uh, Nebraska, a great pick. Eric Berry should have been the second pick overall after Dominican Sue. If I was doing the draft, he ends up going – Number five. I mean, what a. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, that is like a perfect pick for uh, Kansas City. So they got. They just have to be just ecstatic over that. Uh, Earl Thomas, a Texas coach, goes. Uh, I believe it was 14th. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, some of these picks. It's just. It was very disappointing that the the Bears didn't have a draft pick at number 10 because there were so many quality players on the board. Typically, when you look at what was, I just looked at the draft and like the players that I that I thought was really good. You know, uh, I, I love Joe Hayden this morning. Everybody's ripping him and saying it's a bad pick. I'm like, well, I guess they never watched a Florida football game. Anybody who has would say Joe Hayden is one of the best corners that come out of college football in the last couple of years. The guy absolutely dominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, but, just but, cracks me. When I hear this and I hear all these people giving their uh, their expert anal- analysis, I'm like, well, I guess they didn't watch football last year. Some of these yeah, guys well, no, no they, they didn't watch Florida football. What they watched is the – or they saw – 
or they read about is the combine scores where, you know, he didn't run a 4.3550, didn't lift this many in the bench press, you know, didn't look that. Who cares? If you watch him play college football, he is a football player. He's got competitive speed. He's a phenomenal player. Forget about the workouts. He's a great football player. Yeah, he ran a 4.6 at the combine. Guess what? He went through the combine with an injury. So he went injury free, which most people do, and all of a sudden he ran a 4.39 in the 40. Mm-hmm. So, but only a few teams, like, though they look at the combine time. You know, stuff like that cracks me up. Uh, and then I hear people complaining about uh, Sergio McLean of, uh, of Alabama, that he went eighth. He, he would have been the fourth player I took in this whole entire draft. And I hear people complaining that the Raiders took him. The Raiders, for years, Coach, have taken people on measurables. Oh, he throws the ball that far, Jamarcus Russell. He's a bum. And I, I remember I said it. I wouldn't even draft him. Those Three years ago, I said I wouldn't even draft Jamarcus Russell in the seventh round, let alone the first, as the first overall pick. Well, that worked out. Darius Bay. Oh, he runs really fast. Let's take him. Well, they finally took a football player, Coach, and people are ripping the Raiders for this. They took a guy who's smart, can lead people, and by the way, he makes tackles, he forces fumbles, and most importantly, let me remind you, he leads people. And that's exactly what the Raiders need is some leadership on that mm-hmm. team. Rolando McClain, you're talking about inside linebacker oh, yeah. out of Alabama. Bama, so he'll be playing for the black and silver. Interesting at the quarterback spot, Timmy Tebow did get picked uh, in the first round, surprising the Denver Broncos selected him. And yeah, the uh, yeah. golden boy out of Notre Dame, Jimmy Clausen, who... Some people thought was as you know high as a sixth or seventh pick. Producer David yeah, Olson said probably an eleventh pick did not get chosen in the first round. Uh, were you surprised, Big Dub? No, absolutely not. And and he shouldn't have been. Just like I, I don't think you should waste so much money on Sam Bradford and and have to wait three or four years for him to be a decent football player. That's that's why I, he's taking quarterbacks high. Just cracks me up because it just it, it's such a gigantic risk, and it really isn't worth it unless you're well, planning but, for five years down the road. But on the other hand, well, uh, let me stop you here because we've had, especially in the last couple of years, some quarterbacks that have come in uh, fairly uh, user-ready in the NFL well, of late. The quarterbacks now in college, more sophisticated. Matt Sanchez, some of those guys, uh, Joe Flacco, that have come in, been successful right away. Yeah, you know what? I, I will say that there have, that has happened, but that does not mean it's going to keep on happening. Okay, there were... There was a time when, you know, every single time you took a wide receiver, they were awesome, you know, in the first round. And then all of a sudden, that ended really quick. Yeah. I think it's just like Matt Ryan, you can also throw into that. And all of a sudden, you look at Matt Ryan last year, and it's like the stuff caught up to him. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not going to give too much credence to that coach. But I heard there was a. Know, uh... the risk they're taking. They're paying him $50 million, so they better be right. Well, we... Because if it, if it does pan out, if Sam Bradford is really good in like three years, then obviously it was definitely worth the wait and it was worth the money because a, a franchise quarterback well, is, is beyond worth his weight in gold. They think he can be good immediately, Sam Bradford. They're not going to wait three years. They're going to put him in, I would think, as their starting quarterback. I heard uh, there was a weird moment. Again, I did not watch the NFL draft. Any of our fans that did, you want to comment on some football, NFL draft picks, your favorite city, your favorite team, who they pick, who they didn't pick, uh, 888-463-6748. Operators are sitting by as we speak. Other shows have operators standing by. Our operators are a little bit lazy, quite frankly, but they're there. They're just sitting by, not standing by. 888-463-6748. Dog, did you see or hear, apparently, when it was Pittsburgh's time to make their choice, the Uh fans started booing because of the whole Ben Roethlisberger thing. 
Are you serious? Yeah. And they even started saying, uh, she said no. She said no, the whole chant. <laughs> well, but wait a minute. There, there, apparently there's a twist to this. I didn't see it. Maybe David Olson, our producers, got it on YouTube here. Apparently, uh, in a very cool moment, Roger Goodell had made an agreement with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And one of the young, young uh, men who has cancer, through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, his wish was to make the first-round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Roger Goodell had agreed to it, so out walks this young man battling cancer, the dream of his lifetime on national TV to make the first pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Meanwhile, the crowd is booing and saying she said no. Apparently a very odd and awkward moment when the fans realized what was going on. They kind of quieted down, and then after they made their pick, they started booing again. But uh, kind of an odd twist. Pretty cool, though, that the Make-A-Wish Foundation came through with that, huh? I was just about to say, I would have been screaming, she said no, because that's so funny. That's, I mean, it really is funny. And it also could make a point to people. Yes. You know what I mean? It could be both, you know. Um, but to have, the, I would have been so embarrassed. I'd have felt so bad. Because <laughs> I wouldn't know what was going on. You know, Apparently, the, just like what those other, they were serving beer, coach. So I would have been just like those other drunken idiots at that thing. So. <laughs> were they really? They got they got beer vendors in the crowd for the NFL? Well, I don't know about beer vendors in the crowd. Oh. But I mean, I, I, I swore I saw somebody holding a beer yesterday. BYOB. Like, hmm? like in a paper cup. Bring your own beer to the NFL draft. Yes, you too can. That's in New York every year, right? They don't change the location for that? Well, I think they made it in like uh, they put it like at like a, a theater this year, Coach. Okay. I think it's like more prime time. I mean, it's in a different place. It's always been in New York, but I think they changed where it's at. It's like at some highfalutin theater. Mm-hmm. But I just got to say is I don't like it on Thursday. Move it because this time of year you always have playoff sports and hockey and basketball. We don't need it. Saturday morning at nine a.m. was the best to wake up eight o'clock, eat my eggs. You know what I mean? Do a little sit-ups, whatever. Of course, I can't do sit-ups because it'll, it'll, my. Now, this year is a, a three-day event, right? They have the first round on yeah. Thursday, four days. Then on Friday, and, then on, and they're trying to make it prime time. Come on, NFL. Come, come on. You don't need to be prime time on everything you do. I, I know you're the biggest sports uh, uh, league in America, and you only really sell in America. You're not really worldwide like, wide like the other three leagues, but. Can't you just just do what I'm? Do you, you know what I'm saying? It's all about money, coach. They're trying to make as much money as possible. They're not trying to make the draft easier. They're trying to market, be able to market the league for twelve months a year. Exactly, and then it's extra programming for the NFL Network. You got to get that into consideration. Oh, that rather too. than just do the two day event, they're doing it on NFL Network, and that's all day programming, and that's ninety six hours of programming for them. Yeah, that and they can, and they Dave, can sell sponsorship actually, for. I was a little mad about it. I, I consider not talking about it at all, but I love football in the NFL too much. And because, just because they're in the NFL and I love them so much, I was like, why am I, the Bulls and Blackhawks are playing, uh, what do you call it, playoff games on television, and I'm looking at my Palm Pilot <laughs> waiting to know who the next player is going to be drafted. Okay, instead of watching the game. You know, it's, it's very, this league, it's, it's, it's an addiction, Coach, and I think they know it. And you know what? They got better ratings, I bet you, than any other sporting event last night. Even over NHL hockey. Shocking. Yes. Yes. Believe it or not, I bet you they did. I would love to see the numbers on that. Absolutely shocking. Second round is today. The bull, uh, the third round also today? 
Uh, yeah, second and okay. third today, and then four through seven on Saturday. So our beloved Chicago Bears will get a pick. There's so many positions, so many positions, and so little time. Give me a one, two, three, big dog, uh, uh, if you could find a good fit. Not the player, but the position to fill as a Chicago Bear fan. First choice, second choice, third choice, positions of need. And I know there's many. Basically, we need every position except field goal kicker. That's the only one we're set. Now you're talking about needs that you're going to have to fill through the draft. Is this correct, Coach? Don't get technical. See what with I'm saying? Yeah, let's not get technical. Whatever. Like, what do you want a receiver? Well, any receiver they get in the third round isn't going to make a difference unless they legitimately pull a horseshoe out of uh, a horse's butt called uh, – the Bears do well in the draft coming around the stretch. By okay, the way, so, speaking of horses' butts and coming around the stretch, quick note, Kentucky Derby. Uh-huh. A couple of weeks away. Yeah, that's why I brought it up, Coach. I wanted to give you your Kentucky Derby ish. I needed that. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to have to go with I, linebacker. They're going to be healthy at this year. Erlacher is going to be healthy. Pisa, in even Samana, whatever, Samoa is going to come back. Okay, so he'll be back. They don't need help at linebacker. They signed a, a couple defensive ends. I'm going to have to say – Defensive tackle, number one. They get a corner, and almost everything on defense right now. Because so def- any, defensive line first. Defensive tackle is special. Defensive tackle, and then a cornerback over a safety. Well, I'm, whatever safety is coming, Afalava is going to be a lot better this year. Okay, and you know, I, I want a safety too. But the point is, these guys aren't going to start, Coach. Mm-hmm. You really, you're not, are they going to get a starting safety in the third round? They're hoping to. Really? That's, yeah. They're going into the draft hoping to get a starter in a yeah. third-round draft pick. I think the uh, venerable Lovey Smith, a man of few words and great wisdom, or is it the other way around? Great words and little wisdom, one of the two, uh, basically said we need to upgrade that position. We have to get better at that position translated. we got to find a guy in the draft that's better than what we have now. Okay, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Because I'm not really looking for starters with these particular picks. I, mm-hmm. I'm, they need depth at corner. They need depth at defensive tackle. And they need a starter at safety. And that is legit, Coach. There is, there's, not, there's nothing that you can debate that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping that somehow they can get it elsewhere. But, hey, if they have a kid that is quality enough to start, and I'm talking opposed to Afalaba. I know people were on him last year, but I know he's going to take that step as a sophomore and be awesome. That kid was a playmaker at Oregon State. Um He's going to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, Craig Stells is not the starter. He's Adam Archuleta, but just a little bit better. I'm going to have to go. <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's the backhanded really, compliment. They're, they're fine. I can't believe I'm saying this. They're not going to get a starter at wide receiver, so we're going to have to go with what we have mm-hmm. out there, which hopefully is an improvement over last year. They seem they seem to be like there's at least some playmakers out there possibly. Mm-hmm. They don't need any tight ends because they're not even going to use them, and they got a first-round pick in Olsen that they don't use. Offensive line, they need a lot there, but again, you're not going to get a starter in the third round. So I, I say go where they need the depth at, and that's cornerback and defensive. There it is, our resident football expert, uh, the big dog, Red Wanski. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, now we got a little hockey talk, but uh, big dog, when we come back on Monday after a few more rounds, we'll definitely talk some more NFL draft. We are not done. It's just a one-hour show, so I, I hate to cut you short. I know you got football thoughts, but we do got to get into a puck drop. Oh, no, though, please, we need to get in a puck drop. What a game last night by the Chicago Blackhawks. Let me ask you this. David Olson, our producer, if he was on the football scouting position, how would you sum up uh, David Olson, uh, intangibles included? Our um, producer. Got a good motor. Good motor. 
uh, short fuse and a good motor. Short. That's good. You, you want those guys that are firing. It's always that's always good for you. Coach. Good motor, short fuse. Does he, he go well? the playbook. He does go well to his right. You don't have to tell him things twice. Okay. And uh, yeah, keep your hands away from his mouth when he's at the training table. Okay. And he's not a bad weight room guy either. When motivated. I'd pick him if, what round would you project uh, in a radio draft? What round would you project producer extraordinaire David Olson? How many teams are in this league, Coach? I'll say 12. Oh, 12. Of, um, we might have to go free agent. How many rounds are there? <laughs> no, Undrafted, huh? Yeah, he's a late first round pick because I, I, I really, I can't even name any other producers that I'd work with, so maybe I might have to go even higher. All right. <laughs> we'll take a quick break back in a minute. NHL Hockey Talk, Hawks win, Hawks win, Rock Talk, Hockey Talk. to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Notice how he says my name rather uh, unmotivated, then he gets to you, big dog, and he puts the emphasis. I don't know who that voice is on the uh, intro to our particular program, but clearly he is much more of a fan of you than he is of me. Well, well, Coach, I don't know if you know what happened, but he had actually pronounced me Joe on the other one, and and I was emphatically upset about it. Okay, you know, and 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 that's when I knew not to talk back to Dave Olson at that point. Okay, okay. He, he got it done for me, and I and I was basically <laughs> told you complain about it one more time. Good. Uh, it's just going to be there will never be another big dog. So he told this guy, you know, pronounce his name right this okay. time, or else I'm going to break your neck. So right. Dave Olson put thunder down on the guy speaking. So that's why he's so enthusiastic, <laughs> Coach. Yeah, so he, no, he's right. He's right. He's exactly right. What am I, chop liver? Maybe I need to. Uh, maybe I need to create a. You know, it's not my style, but you know, if needed, I'll create a scene after the show and hey, demand hey, equal time. Yeah, squeaky wheel gets the grease, my friend. Look at that. Look at that. Honesty is the best policy. I appreciate your honesty, David. And we're going to miss having you as a producer. By the way, I mentioned Rock Talk, Hockey Talk. We did our ode to the uh, fans in Tennessee yesterday. Big dog talking about. Um, some of the terms down south and in Nashville where the Hawks are playing. Uh-huh. And we had a few more added to it. These are medical terms, common medical terms. Okay? But what they actually mean to the folks down in Nashville, Tennessee. Gotcha. we got to make fun as long as the Hawks are playing them. Uh, dilate? You know what dilate is in Nashville? Um, I would have to say uh, if there's an issue and you need something for free, you have to no. dial 8 on the phone. Dilate is to live long. Enema. You know what enema is in uh, Nashville? Not a friend. Yeah. Fibula. You know what the fibula is? I have an idea. It's a small lie. Genital. You know what they consider genital? <laughs> Not a non-Jewish person. <laughs> GI series. 
I don't even know what that is in medical terms. They call that the World Series of Military Baseball. A hangnail. You know what they think a hangnail is? What's that? It's what you hang your coat on. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, of course, uh, we did this one yesterday, but you didn't weren't able to hear it. Wrecked him. It nearly killed him. Damn near killed him. Oh, we can only make fun of Nashville because we beat them three to nothing. Those jokes didn't play as well a couple of days ago when Nashville spanked our Hawk. But uh, back to a little NHL hockey talk, talkzone.com. Two guys that are like big dog and a coach. Dog, the uh, Blackhawks were under pressure like the champion they hoped to be. They had to respond, and they did indeed. Three nothing Hawk. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's not a surprise. As much as people might want to rip on Brian Campbell, and I and I have done it, and I will continue to do it because you should play to your contract. But the point is, they got Brian Campbell back. They put him on defense. They moved Big Buff where he should be up front as a forward. He's standing in front of the net, and it seemed like not only him being in front of the net, everybody else uh, started attacking the net. Uh, so the, the the moves also Adam Burrish, where has he been all series? Get him back on the ice. He was making plays yesterday. Um, I tell you something, they, they're going to end up taking control of this series in Game 5, Coach, especially if they go with that same roster that was out there. Those guys seem to be skating fresh. They scratched the right people yesterday, Coach, is all mm-hmm. I have to say. This Big Dale guy gets his first uh, run ever in the playoffs, and what does he do? He draws a penalty. What do the Hawks do? They capitalize on the penalty and go up one nothing. Patrick Kane got a... It was one of those a, games where it wasn't frustrating to watch, even though... The Predators got a lot of shots on goal. It was They were playing their style of hockey, Coach. Antti Niemi gets the shutout, plays a good game. Patrick Kane, a couple of goals. They needed someone to come through and uh, put the it puck. Sharpie. It was Sharpie with a, with a couple of goals yesterday, Coach. Well, oh, I said Patrick Kane. I'm sorry. Patrick okay. Sharp. Yes, Sharp. Yes. yes. The third goal of the game to make it 3 nothing. He uh, got a turnover, skated his way through, and there was a bunch of Hawks around him to be able to create space uh, so the defenders couldn't converge, and he ends up unleashing a wicked wrist shot from I don't know I don't know what the, where in hockey terms where you would call it, but just inside the blue line, coach, it was beautiful. Yeah, and what was beautiful is it got past Pekarede because they've taken some pretty good shots this series, but that goalie, if he's not standing on his head, he's standing on his uh, clavicle, real close to it. He's been outstanding, big dog. It was key psychologically for the Hawks to get that goal in the first period mm-hmm. just to show that uh, Pekka Rene is not invincible. I think that psychological factor was huge for the Hawks. Yeah, and I, I do believe it was uh, it was the Hosta play, their first goal. And I had just said to somebody, you know, Hosta seems to be, like, creating stuff, and then he loses the puck. It's like he keeps – like, everything is just falling apart. He's in the middle of everything, and it looks like he's going to do something good. And then and then next thing you know, right after he said that, some guy fell down. He lost the – Hosta had lost the puck on his own. It bounces off the guy's stick right back to him, and then he sets up a, a goal. And so it, it was a lot of, like, fortunate stuff that finally happened mm-hmm. uh, for him yesterday. And then things will look good. They're coming back. Uh, they have the home rink advantage again. It's all welcome. Saturday at uh, 2.30, I believe, mid-afternoon, Game 5, getting exciting, Stanley Cup playoffs. you got to love it again, hockey fans. You want to check in. few minutes left, so if you're going to uh, dial it up, do so quickly. 888-463-6748. Big Dog, I'm not... A hockey guy, just play an expert here uh, for one hour a day, five days a week. But we questioned yesterday about uh, changing lines and putting a new center with a couple of new forwards. I think they brought this guy, Brian Bickell, up from Rockford and put him in uh, next to Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and just switching lines. And I said, boy, 
you would think this late in the season that there's got to be some chemistry built up between certain lines, and it wouldn't be the smartest move. But apparently, and again, I watched Bulls basketball last night. Apparently, Joel Keenville, the uh, the mustache, if you will, pulled all the right moves. Uh, Coach, without a doubt, it was the right move. Um, they were skating with fresh legs. They were creating stuff yesterday. And I guess you know sometimes you know you uh, you shake things up a little, a little bit, and people aren't happy with uh, the status quo at that particular time. And I guess the Hawks realized that yesterday. It was uh, it was awfully nice to see them play that way, Coach. They were attacking. So, uh, I, like I said, Burrish was on the on the ice for the first time in a while. They were making plays, Coach. And the the, the key part of the game was when guys like Sopel and other people were out on the – they had a two-man disadvantage yep. for a minute 50. Now, they ended up creating a – what do you call it? A, a penalty out of it, so it wasn't, didn't end up being the whole minute 50. But they played phenomenal during that, Coach. Mm-hmm. All right, so, well, big win for the Blackhawks. Like I said, uh, they're hoping to be champions. They're one of – not the favorite, but they're one of the favorites. And if you're a champion, you have to respond. They played a brutal game uh in game three and they did respond like champions last night three to nothing back to the united center it goes for game five hey big dog got three other things to bring up real quick here a little news and notes titillating tidbits if you will for the weekend uh upcoming and we got about 30 seconds for each one but uh, very quickly the ncaa as you are well aware advanced from 65 teams to 68 teams for the march madness not the dramatic change like people thought, but nevertheless, they added three more teams. Good thing, bad thing, or somewhere in the vast in-between? Well, you, you know, they were only saying 96, so when they gave us 68, we'd be like, oh, it's no problem, thank uh, God it's not 96. Okay. So, And, and I like this. Uh, basically, these it means three playing games, three extra playing games. And I've been saying that for a couple of years, haven't I? I was like, why don't they expand to 68? How long have I been saying this? Every number one should have to play a team that played on Tuesday. You know, so it really gives a, getting that number one seed means something. And now you have three other teams. So maybe it's two more powerhouses and another mid-major that, you know what I'm saying? So I like mm-hmm. it. Three extra teams and it's not the floodgates open up. You and know, every game, every game is going to be on TV, which is pretty cool. Yes. Yes. Which is fantastic because what Turner is getting, uh, the, so CBS and Turner are, are and, on the right. And T, there's like four different stations, including one new one that I've never heard of. That yeah, but it's Turner, so that means like okay. CBS, TNT, yes. and who who know they might like uh, American Movie Classic or something like that. I think <laughs> AMC is going to be playing. Well, the, yes. if you get the right matchup, you never know. Some like old lady might think she's watching Hoosier. Sure, you know what the heck? We can kill a movie for a couple hours and watch NCAA basketball. Nobody is going to complain. All right, uh, another announcement that we've heard, it rumored strongly, it became official yesterday, Northwestern and Illinois will meet in football at Wrigley Field. If you got your 2010 calendar, mark it down, November 20th. It's a beautiful thing. I just want to let anybody out there know that if for some reason I don't have tickets to that game, I will do whatever you want to get tickets to that game, Coach. I will be there. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to be in that facility, and hopefully I'll be in the upper deck, first row, along the third base foul line, <laughs> watching something that I've dreamed about my whole entire life. One of the things that I've always – I always ask Kevin the Swamp Rider Rand about it. Anybody that used to go to football games at Old Wrigley Field, I will, I, I can, I'll listen to every single story from it. I, I, I can't wait to actually be there, Coach. It's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be one of the days that – as a little boy, I dreamed of it. I'm not right. kidding around about it. Stop this. being milk toast in all your answers and, you know, give us an opinion, will you? And, and the fact that this is <laughs> Illinois Northwestern is even cooler. This is phenomenal. The only thing that I'll be disappointed about 
is that uh, I won't be able to tape the the Army Notre Dame game, which is going to be held yes. at Yankee Stadium. And too bad it is an old Yankee yeah. Stadium that they used to back in the forties. But uh, coach, it's just cool. I, I'm a I love history, and I, I love the fact that. You know, there's traditions in sports, and right. it's just really cool that you can go back and play it at Wrigley Field. I, Final I just item. feel bad for the for the kid that runs into the wall in the end zone. I feel your pain. I don't know if Wrigley Field is perfectly made out for that. Hopefully nobody will get hurt. Final item, we got about 15 seconds. Northwestern Illinois, Notre Dame spring football practice concludes with the dramatic game. Your picks real quick. Notre Dame, the blue and gold game, who wins? Illinois, the navy and orange game, who wins spring football, arguably. Very arguably one of the highlights of the collegiate football year. Well, Notre Dame has already played their particular game, and Brian Kelly said we all lost. He was extremely disappointed. And, and for Illinois, don't even, please don't let me talk about Illinois football right now. Let me concentrate on the <laughs> owner in our classroom game in, in November. I'm not kidding. I'm disgusted with that program right now. All right. Big dog, uh, we appreciate you, Joe. Have a good week. Stay out of trouble, will you, please? I'll try to. Doesn't sound like you're going to, though. Oh, I'm going, I've got a, an extremely creative weekend going on. Coach, the stuff that's going that's, on with me involves lesbian strippers and midgets. Yeah. You name it, I'm going through it right now. <laughs> i got to hang around with you more often. All right, big dog, uh, I would say behave yourself. Forget about that. Just have a good time, okay? I shall. All right, there we go. Big dog and the coach will be back at you on Monday. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a Mike David Olson. Great job all week. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.